Goosebumps number 61, I Live in Your Basement by R.L. Stein. Talk about a monster nightmare. He's got the basement blues. Don't do this. Watch out for that. Marco's mom thinks the whole world is a danger zone. She won't even let Marco play softball. But Marco just wants to have fun. So he sneaks off to a game, and that's when it happens. He gets hit in the head with a baseball bat. Now things are getting really fuzzy, really scary. Because when Marco gets home, he gets the strangest call from someone who says he lives in Marco's basement. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. These kids, they're gonna love Dark Falls. Hi guys, I'm Daniel Montgomery. Hi, Matthew Scott Montgomery. We're welcome back. to Deadcast. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. Welcome to Welcome to. And you guys, we are getting close to the end of the original sixty-two. Home stretch. The original series. We're real close. This is our second book in the series with basement in the title. That's true. And this is also one of those that has an exclamation point to stay out of the basement. I live in your basement. And you guys, I have to say right off the bat say it the baseball bat (laughs) this is the scariest book in the series to me personally i think this is hands down the scariest book in the series and maybe one of the scariest books i've ever read in my life i have to say that when we started this podcast 17 years ago I have always thought about what it was going to be like once we got to this episode. And it's always kind of scared me. It's the only book, well, I think besides Monster Blood 4, but it's the only book in the original series that I think I've only read once. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always been in, like, my brain is the worst Goosebumps book ever. I don't think I've said that before to you. I don't think but you have I've either. always thought of it as, I fucking hate I Live in Your Basement. I don't want to read I Live in Your Basement. When we get to I Live in Your Basement the episode, ugh, that's going to be so annoying because I hate that stupid book. You gave it a D. And I have to say, I have to say that what I'm saying is, is what, I'm, what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying? Um, no, what, well, I have to say that rereading this now, I agree with you. This is the most terrifying Goosebumps book in the original series i think it's the most terrifying book in yes any i've always thought of a night in terror tower is the scariest but actually after reading this one i think this one for sure is the scariest and after we go through this but but fucking motherfucking bat shit book it's too weird once we go through this book i'll explain why i just just more of the 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 thought process behind why I thought this was the worst one of the series mm-hmm. um but you guys you think you've heard weird you think chicken, you, chicken. You think you've heard nasty, the haunted school. This you is. You think you've heard like, like this is the sinister in in this in is kooky, I think this is the most, creeps. the most evil and the grossest Goosebumps book. This book is fucked up. There is no TV episode for this episode because they could never ever make a TV episode of it. Are you guys ready 
to oh. find out what happens when you live in the basement. It's too scary. Yeah. And I think also, I had like, nightmares. The, the whole book is like a bad dream, you guys, and there's not really a plot, so just follow the there, words. No, that there's we're no, saying. there's no real plot at all, Oof. and it does reek of a book, which does not bother me. I would need to say that figured it out as we were going. You know, like Arlstein was like, I don't know where the yes, next chapter is going to go. Admittedly, in an interview before this book had been written, Arlstein had this title. As we've said before a million times, that he comes up with the titles before he comes up with a book. I don't know if he ever even really came up with a book for this title yet because these what we're just about to experience is just crazy bad dreams. It's just literally a collection of bad dreams and um, it feels like something from Creep L.A. Yeah, it's a bunch of nasty, nasty imagery. Are you ready? It's gross. Matthew, why don't you tell the listeners um, about the cover of the book? Well, um, on the cover of the book, um, I'm just going to describe what I'm seeing. Sure. Um, That's this, fine. In this original copy, I would say the colors are a yesterday's yellow afternoon mm. and a bloody purple. Oh. That's what I would say. And... Um, it's a green lit basement and in front at the bottom of the basement, there's like a, some stairs and there is a washer machine mm. and a dryer with some clothes sticking out. Oh. And on the floor, um, coming towards us is a drooling purple eyed collection of fat yellow veined organs mm. with a forked tongue sticking out. Mm. Um, and it's just a pile of intestines and poop organs and they're and it's sort of a monster and it's drooling and it's coming towards us and you would say that it's yellow right yes i'd say it's like yellowy gold with purple veins and then there's weird tendrils sticking out of the front like roots i'm not sure if we're gonna ever see anything quite like this in the book but this do, is what the do cover you think has. we see anything at all like this in the book um i would say that this is a liberal interpretation interpretation of some ideas of some things we might see at some point during the book mm, okay but no cool mm-hmm. so our protagonist oh by the way this book came out in november 1997 meaning that the which means that the original which we'll talk about next episode of course but the original 62 original series ended um at the end of 1997 that was Aww. the last year yeah so this we're is coming, the second to last book we're coming to a close and um it feels it feels closing right. time marco is 12 years old of new- course he is uh he starts off the book starts off from marco's point of view Pol- of course I said polo. Oh, I thought you said hold up. No, you said Marco, so I said polo. Oh no, that's that's appropriate. I just thought you said hold up. I don't think I'm going to keep making that joke throughout this episode. But no out promises. of respect to our listeners who may be named Marco, which I think is a very cool name. I think it's a very cool name. too. Also, the name Margot is used frequently in, in Goosebumps books and Arl Stein books, N- not normally as protagonists, but for like supporting characters and moms. Amelda mm, Marcos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Marco is walking to the playground. There's a playground behind um, his like middle school with his friend Jeremy, and they're going to play softball. And we, from the very beginning, we learned that Marco's mom is like a control freak, is worried about Marco always. Yeah, she thinks everything's a danger zone. She thinks everything is going to kill him or injure him, and she's scared of germs for him. And basically, basically, she makes him stay inside all the time, and it's like, don't let the dog lick your face, all this stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of lists of the things that Marco's mom won't let him do. And I actually think it's kind of funny and charming, all the reasons why there's certain things she won't let him do it. It's kind of cute. But, and sort of that is, that is the thing with this book. Uh, Marco even 
points out that she won't let their their dog Tyler lick his face. I think Tyler's kind of a fun name for a dog. So Marco got out of school early that day, and he snuck away to play with his friends um, because when he got home from school early, his mom was not there. Otherwise, if his mom were there, she would say, don't play base, baseball, softball. Or sports at all because because he could hurt himself or get himself killed. Yes, you could get you could get injured. So because she wasn't home, he snuck away. Now he's with his friend Jeremy. They're gonna go play softball. They're meeting up with friends like Leo Murphy and the Franklin twins, Lauren Blank, and of course Gwynny Evans. Gwynny is this girl, and she's described as a big, 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 big girl. And she it, she's it, got big shoulders, and she's just a big, big girl. She's a big, tall girl, and she is the softball champion. And as they're walking up to the diamond, about to pick teams, she, Gwynny is there, like swinging ba- two bat two bats in one hand, like around or in both hands. I guess I don't know how you play. I don't games. know what softball is. I definitely can't tell you the difference between softball and baseball. Couldn't tell you. I think softball, the ball is bigger. Okay. But I honestly don't really. Um, uh, if any care. guys listening know about softball or know any tips about softball, make sure to keep it to yourself because we don't care. Yes, I, I, I'm fine. Um, and if you play softball, you'll probably die or get a concussion for sure. So they're stay about blessed. To, so they're about to pick teams. And Marco runs up to the pitcher's mound and where Gwynny is swinging those baseball bats, and she's now just swinging, swinging one, and she doesn't see Marco, and she swings the bat right into Marco's head. This is like the first three pages of this book and he hears himself wail and shriek like a neighing horse as he hits the ground and this is where the terror begins real quick now chapter two yeah this book doesn't pussyfoot no it does not pussyfoot around so he wakes up at home on chapter two on the couch in excruciating pain sore everywhere with a big heavy bandage on his head and his mom is there with him. She's crying too. She's all weepy and she says, I told you not to play baseball. Which one is it? Is it baseball or softball? And he's like, what happened? And she says, you cracked your head open like an eggshell. Okay, that's one one nightmare. Yep, that's one nightmare. Good to go. And he's like, mom, am I going to be okay? And (laughs) Marco comments, (laughs) Carl Stein slash Marco comments that she pauses for a long time and then says, uh, of course, in a false, yet cheer, a cheerful false voice. Too cheerful. Which I think is so funny. So he's like very out of it. So a lot of this book is like dreamy and kind of stream of consciousness knee. And he's and he's um, just like laying on the couch. His mom vanishes. And, and later... And it's like, I want to comment on that because and it's just like what Matthew's saying. She like, it's like his, everything is fuzzy to him. He kind of he's like really so out of it that like one second she's there and one second she's just basically gone. He's like I don't even know if I fell asleep or if I woke up or when she left, but it's all very every part of this book feels like a bad dream. I physically felt like my head was hurting. Yeah, so and actually Arlstein does a really good job of describing describing of what that because I, I felt like I was feeling his pain or whatever so he's like laying there with a big bandage on his head his mom v- vanished out of his vision sight and he's laying there on the couch and he hears a phone ringing over and over again Keeps ringing, ringing and ringing and ringing and so he's like oh I guess I have to answer why won't my mom answer it and he picks up the phone and he you know isn't aware of his body and hits the phone hits the side of his head hard because he's like not control of his limbs he's like oh ouch hits the bandage and on the phone is a boy um a boy's voice marco does not a 
the boy from Underwater. The boy from Underwater. The Marco Marco doesn't recognize the guy the guy's voice, and he and he says he tells Marco that he says I'm glad you're okay, and Marco's I'm like glad oh you're thanks. Okay. Because you're going to take care of me now. And Marco says, what? He says, yes, you're going to take care of me now. He says, who is this? And he says, it's Keith. And Marco says, who? And he says, you You should should know me, Marco. Marco. I live in your basement. Terrifying. Mm. Now, continuing this groggy sort of feel, he can't remember who hung up first or when he hung up. But the next thing he remembers is his mom coming in. And Marco's like, Mom, the phone's ringing and ringing. And Mom says, says, oh, yes, that was Jeremy. He was asking if he could come by and check and if you see if you're okay. But I told him he needs to come another day. Marco's, no, 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 the other phone call. Keith, the boy who lives in the basement. And the mom just stares at him all teary-eyed and says, I'm really worried about you, Marco. And he was like, why? The phone was ringing and I answered it. And she said, honey, there's no no phone phone in this room. Ooh, it's scary. (laughs) I'm scared. And Marco falls asleep, wakes, and when he wakes up, he feels normal again. He doesn't feel groggy. And he see he feel the bandage has fallen fallen off in his sleep, and he gets up to like look at it in the mirror himself. In the mirror, he sees and it's that not too bad, all things considered. It's just like a big purple bruise on his right temple. It just looks like a giant mosquito bite. That also kind of gives me a nightmare. Yeah, I feel sick. So he's um, has breakfast with his mom, and his mom's like, "Now I want you to be careful today. I want you to stay inside and rest, and you know, be careful." Jeremy comes by. And checks in on Marco. They have lunch. And then Marco's like, let's go play pool in the basement. Uh, or I think Jeremy says, like, let's let's go do something fun, like, inside. Like, play pool in the basement. Something mm-hmm. easy. And Marco's like, oh, the basement. Oh, I remember that weird phone call. So Marco's, like, a little nervous about going down to the basement just in case Keith is there. And he takes a look around, turns on all the lights just to make sure no one is down there. And he doesn't see anyone down there. And they start playing pool. And as they're playing pool, they both hear a scratch. A scratch, a scratch and, and a bump. A scratch and a bump. And a scratch and a bump. And a scr- scr- scritch scratch. Coming from this wooden cabinet that is under the stairs. And Marco's like, oh no, someone is in there. I know someone's in there. It's Keith. <laughs> And Marco goes and opens. It's like, oh no! And he opens the cabinet, and a creature leaps out at him. It's just a, oh, you know, what it turns out to be it's just a squirrel. What? It's a squirrel. Uh oh. Yeah, that was what was scratching and bumping inside the cabinet underneath the stairs. So they chase the squirrel out through the basement window, and it's 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 a madcap adventure. And then Jeremy goes home, and Marco decides to take a long nap because mm. he's tired. And that night, he can't sleep because of that long nap he took in the afternoon. And he decides to go downstairs to get a midnight snack. This is where it gets, this is really frightening. And then he sees that the basement door is opening, is open. This is too scary. So it's the middle of the night. He wakes up. I would like to point out that I, myself, have a very scary basement. You do. And I would like everyone to be scared for me. Mm-hmm. So he sees that the basement door is open, open and he hears scratching footsteps of somebody moving around in the basement. And he says, uh, hello? Who's down there? And a voice says, it's me. It's, it's Keith. Don't, Don't you remember? I live down here. Too scary. Marco screams and screams and screams. And he turns on, he flips on the light to turn on the lights down in the basement. And standing on the stairs is his mom. And she's like, what's wrong, honey? I was just doing laundry. In the middle of the night. And Marco's like, no, I... Uh, uh, 
I, no, someone's down there. Someone's down there with you. And she says, oh, honey, do you have a fever? You don't seem like you're doing so well. You need to rest. And Marco's like, no, I, I heard someone. And then Marco hears a voice from the basement say, listen to your mother. Oh, my God. Listen to your mother. Don't you guys agree that this is already the scariest book? Yeah, this book is terrifying. So that Monday, Marco goes to school, and Miss Mosley, his teacher, M names, makes Marco stand in front of the class and tell them what the hospital was like since they're studying the healthcare system. And Marco but says, But then Marco realizes, hospital? hospital? He doesn't have any memory at all of ever being in a hospital. I don't remember that. She's like, And, t- and Miss Mosley's like, What? What do you mean? He's like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, well, maybe it'll come back to you, sweetie. And Gwynny, who is in that class, jokes just, maybe I should hit him again to bring his memory back. And Miss Miss Mosley, sorry, starts speaking to him like he's three years old and is like, oh, you okay, baby? You need to sit down. And are you sure you don't remember anything about the hospital? Marco's like, ugh, I don't like this. And she's, she basically is like, well, memory loss is very serious, but hopefully it'll come back. Otherwise, you're fucked. So after school, Marco's walking home thinking about everything, and then he sees that Gwynny is is running towards him from the softball field, waving a big bat in her hand, swinging it menacingly. And she he screams, no, Gwynny, no, Gwynny, don't. And so the, the next chapter is Marco running through traffic while Gwynny chases him, wielding maniacally a baseball bat after him. He runs all the way home, and he gets inside, slams the door behind him, and his mom is like, Hey, Marco, why are you so out of breath? And Marco's like, uh, I'm fine. And he goes to his room, and is like, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna lay down in bed like a normal. And But he sees that on his... Uh, there's a boy sitting on his bed. And Matthew, would you describe what this boy looks like? He has wavy black hair, a thin, serious face, round, dark, sad eyes with black denim jeans and a loose-fitting plaid flannel shirt. So he's very sexy. I just matched with him on Tinder, actually. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. It says zero feet away. I live in your basement. He lives in my basement? Mm Mm-hmm. I knew a guy that wanted me to live in his basement, but that's for another podcast. Ooh. And Marco says, who are you? And he says, it's me, Keith. I told you, I live in your basement. It's very hard for me not to go, it's me, Carol. <laughs> He's, um, Marco points out that uh, Keith smiles cruelly and says, we should get to know each other, Marco, since, since you're, you're going to be taking care of me from now on. And Marco says, no, and closes the door and locks Mar- locks Keith in his room. And he's like, once and for all, I'm going to run down stairs, tell mummy what's going on. With- there is a Keith who says he lives in the basement. I have to take care of him. So I'm going to drag mom upstairs and show her because I lock Keith in my room. And his mom says, honey, you know how worried I get when you talk crazy <laughs> and marco pulls her upstairs unlocks also the like door. chapter 10 i know unlocks the door and shows her and sitting on the bed is tyler the dog what and marco's like no no, no you don't understand it is is keith the, the boy who lives in the basement and mom's like um honey you need to calm you need to calm down you need to lie down and i'm gonna go call a doctor so there's Dr. Bailey, who's like the family doctor. And so the next sequence is them <laughs> sitting at... Do- yes, I just I think this is a funny moment where the mom walks away and she mumbles to herself, everything's going to be okay. Yes, yes, everything's going to be fine. And- <laughs> Bailey, what have you done, baby? What have you done? Mom, I was just sleeping. And the next thing I knew... Shh, it's okay, honey. It's okay. I've got such a good boy. Mommy's little angel. Mm-hmm. 
Now, don't worry, Stanley. Mommy's going to hide the body. Nobody's going to take my baby away. I've got such a handsome boy. Such a good boy. Fine. Everything's, everything, everything's going to be okay. okay. If, you, if you want a bad dream scene, you're about this to get it. This is it. it. So, like Matthew was saying, they go to they actually go to Doctor Bailey's Doctor Beetle Bailey, and wow, what a throwback! They wait, they're in a blue and green waiting room with a little girl who keeps hiccuping, and with his her she's there with her dad or something, and he he was like, I can't stop her from hiccuping, and they're like, uh, cool. And Marco's mom asks the the guy, did she meet? Too many eggs? Mm, Does she eat too many eggs? If you eat too many eggs, do you see the egg whites are slippery and you can't digest them and you hiccup? And the father looks at her and says, um, I don't think it was eggs. I don't like this sequence. It's kind of strange. Dr. Bailey's a chubby man with a shiny round bald head and a bow tie. And Marco tells him absolutely everything about Keith and the phone and all that. Yeah, they're sitting in his office and Marco explains literally everything. And Dr. Bailey's like, that doesn't sound too bad, but just to be sure, I'd like to remove your brain and inspect part of it under a microscope. What? <laughs> and Marco's like, huh? Now, when this moment happened, I, I didn't remember a lot of this book. No. And I thought for sure it was going to be... You don't remember this book? I'm going to have to take out part of your brain and just look what? at it. No. Can I just rem- uh, No, it's normal. I'm going to remove no, no, part no, no, of your no, brain please. and I'm no, going to look at don't. it. No, please don't. No, it's it's what the doctor I thought this says. I thought this was going to be a um, joke, a, a fake out. Yeah. But I would like to read you some of the dialogue of what actually happens here. Okay. Marco says, "Huh?" And Dr. Bailey says, "No, it isn't a difficult operation. You see, once I crack the skull open, the brain slides out easily. And I can't really see the brain clearly unless I remove it." And Marco's like, you're, you're kidding, right? This is some kind of sick joke. And the mom mom nudges Marco and says, listen to the doctor. The doctor knows what he's talking about. If he says the brain comes out, it comes out. <laughs> and Marco's like, you, you, this, this can't be this can't be real. And Dr. Bailey, the doctor, Bur- Dr. Bailey says, it won't hurt much. And, the, and mom says, yep, whatever the doctor thinks is best. Dr. Bailey is a very good doctor, Marco, very experienced. And Dr. Bailey says, yep, I've removed a lot of brains. but And I don't mean to brag, but... And and Marco's like, can I just think about it? Like, can I take some se- a second to think about it? Like, can we think about it uh, tonight? You know, like, uh, in fact, I feel fine. Let's come back tomorrow. You know, we'll come. I feel great. I, I feel really great. We'll come back tomorrow. And Dr. Bailey says, that's a good idea. Why don't you come back tomorrow or give me a call tomorrow at the very least. And we can schedule the debraining then. <laughs> so wow, this is not juice. a joke. This is deadly serious. And yeah. Marco freaks and runs out of the office. I also think it was funny that he points out as he's running out of the office, the girl's still hiccuping very loudly. Nightmare. And then he like decides, he's like, fine, this, my life is fucked. This is all, everything's weird in Twilight Zone. So I'm just going to tell my mom that everything is fine and he'll never see Keith again. And his brain is just fine. So yes, later Marco is working on a creative writing assignment and the phone rings in his room. And he said, oh God, it could be Keith. Is it Keith? Is it Keith? Is it Keith? He answers it. It's Jeremy. Jeremy just checking on him saying, how you doing, Marco? And Marco's like, I don't know. Well, I'm getting de-brained, but I'm good. Marco walks back to the computer, and he sees in the computer, in, in the monitor, the Keith's monitor of face. The, what's an old computer? A PC? Um, I, I I think it's just like a monitor. Like a big old computer monitor? Anyway, I kind of talked over you, but yes, Keith's face is in the monitor. And as, he's, as he sees Keith's face staring back at him from the computer, a strong arm grabs his neck from behind and tightens around his throat. Uh-huh. And Marco, this is so scary. All this is so scary. Marco manages to get out of the choke hold and turns around and sees that it's Gwynny. 
she she had just she was trying to surprise him and that she came over to his house to apologize about her joke in class yeah she says he says what are you doing here and she says oh i just wanted to surprise you and yeah i felt bad about making the joke about hitting you again and i wanted to apologize for hitting you with the bat in the first place and he was like well then why did you chase me down the street with the baseball bat and she's like i wasn't chasing after you i was ch- i just wanted to apologize she even realized the bat was in her hand and she's like, are you okay? And he says, actually, Gwynny, this point in Keith okay. keeps calling, and he lives in my basement. I just saw his face in the computer screen. And she was like, bitch, what are you talking about? And points at the computer screen. She goes, your computer's not even on. Isn't this so scary? And Gwynny's like, oh, funny joke. And Mark was like, no, 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 please believe me. Something really weird is going on. There's a boy named Keith. He lives in my basement, and he may- he's going to make me take care of him for the rest of his life. <laughs> And he's like, Winnie, just go down to the basement with me. And he thinks, yes, yes, to himself. I'm going to take Winnie. She, she's big and strong and mean. I'll take her down to the basement. If Keith's there, she'll, I don't know. But let's, and he convinces her to go down to the basement. So she actually does. Kevin. I was surprised. I'm surprised that Gwynnie actually was like, okay, let's go down your basement and look for I Keith. was surprised that Gwynnie broke into his house and hid in his room while he was working on his homework for so long. Yeah, that's a really good point. So... They searched the basement, for, and he was like, we need to search the whole basement. And it's kind of spooky because the wind is rattling outside, and it's dark, and it's nighttime. And they look everywhere, but there is no Keith in the basement. And there's like a little laundry room off to the side of the basement. And they try the laundry room, and Gwynny cries, I see him, I see him. And then she's, she was just kidding. It was classic Gwynny Evans. It was just an old dressmaker's dummy that belongs to Marco's mother. And Gwynny says, listen, Marco, I'm not going to fall for your dumb jokes. And you know what? You can't scare me. You can't scare me. Now this, now I'd like to stop right here. Yes. This is where this book goes from weird and like, and scary. Wait, just so you guys know, the weirdness hasn't actually started yet. This is where it starts to get really nasty. And I almost had to put this book down. For a moment. Yeah. Because I felt sick. I had to read it twice because I could not believe what I was reading. So I'm just going to – I'm just going to – So Gwynny goes, you can't scare me. I'll show you why. So she stands on the basement stairs and stares at At the top of the stairs. And she opens her mouth wide, so wide, so wide that it takes up her entire face. And then her tongue flops down over her chin and, like, starts sliding down, like, out of her mouth. And then something pink – wet and glistening starts to roll out of her mouth wider and wider and wider so big that her mouth and head disappear behind it and attached to that glistening pink thing are yellow organs clinging to pink flesh then something long and gray and twisted wrapped around itself flops out and then dark purple lungs slide out over her purple tongue and then her red heart so red fl- plops out of her mouth as it wetly throbs and then he realizes that her insides were pouring out and she was completely turning herself inside out and instead of her standing there is just a pulsing quivering clump of organs clinging to pink flesh and Marco lets out an endless scream, and as do I. I let out an endless scream. And then I throw up and um, sm- slam my head into the mirror. Yeah, and then I take a baseball bat and I hit myself with it because I don't want to live in a world where this is happening. This doesn't stop, though. The harder he screams, the harder she quivers, Arlstein points out. And then a big, bright white light engulfs everything. And when the light dims, he realizes he is in a hospital room with his mom sitting next to him, telling him that, oh, I'm so sorry, honey, you've just been hit in the head and you're going to be okay. And Marco's like, 
no, I was in the basement and Gwenny and she says, no, honey. What are you talking about, honey? You were just hit by the head an hour ago. And he realizes that everything that's happened in the book so far has been a dream. Everything that has happened so far in the book is a dream. And Marco is relieved. He's like, wow, that was a really terrible dream. Until he sees Gwenny at the door coming towards him with an evil gleam in her eyes. And and Marco starts screaming. He's like, no, mom, stop her. Stop Gwenny. And his mom goes, honey... Why are why are you so afraid of your own sister? Your little sister, don't you remember? Your little sister, Gwynny. And Marco's like, what? She's like, yeah, your friend Jeremy swung the bat and hit you. And Gwynny's like, he can't remember anything. <laughs> and Marco's like, no, no, this doesn't make sense. And his head starts spinning. He says, mom, do, do we know a boy named Keith? And does he live in our basement? And Gwynny says, yeah, of course he does. And Marco says, no. And Gwenny says, just teasing. And their mom, the mom's like, honey, you, we should probably leave you alone to get, give you, let you get some rest. And, you I'm know. I'm going to send Dr. Bailey in to check on you. Yeah, you just, we just wait till the Dr. Bailey So to recap, Marco is in the hospital. He got hit on the head with a baseball bat an hour ago by Jeremy. And Gwenny is his little sister. And there is a Dr. Bailey in this real world. And now Dr. Bailey's going to come into the hospital room. So he falls asleep. He's woken up by Dr. Bailey, and Dr. Bailey looks totally different He's from... He's not bald and fat with a bow tie. No. He is blonde and young and tan with bright blue eyes like Paul Hollywood. And he says, he, he says, Marco, um, I, you know, you're, you should be fine. You should be ready to be checked out. But, uh, or, or, you know, but I just need to um, check out a few things um, to make sure you're good to go. But he so seemed he, fine. You know, like standard uh, ears, nose, uh, whatever stuff. So he's like, let now me just... Now this, I have to stop. This is when things start getting really, really weird and yeah, the really weird, scary. The weirdness hasn't start, hasn't really happened yet. This is where it starts. This this part is so disturbing. It makes me so feel so physically sick. So he, he goes, Marco, can I just have you open your mouth? And so Marco does. And Dr. Bailey reaches in with his hand and he starts pulling on Marco's tongue, pulling it harder and harder until it slides out as long as a hot dog and he's holding marco's chest down with one hand and with his other hand is pulling his tongue pulling it out until it was a yard long yanking out his tongue till it slides down to the side of the bed and dr bailey reaches deeper and deeper and pulls and pulls and pulls marco's long wet pink tongue and it curls on the floor yard after yard after tongue pulling it out like an endless wet snake that's now coiled on the floor and dr bailey is humming as he does this oh oh marco's oh. like gosh this has got to be a dream this oh, has to be a dream but, Mar- but dr bailey keeps pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and then he wakes up oh so marco, marco wakes, wakes up, up back in the hospital he's in the hospital so everything that has happened before this all of that has been a dream and so now marco's finally waking up in the hospital and he hears footsteps coming towards his room into his towards his room and a giant man with and by that, I think Arl Stein slash Marco literally means a giant man. Mm-hmm. A man who has to duck to get into the doorway, like seven feet tall, big black beard, bushy black he beard. He enters the room. He says, I'm Hagrid and you're a wizard, Marco. He says, I'm Dr. Bailey. And Marco says, are you the real Dr. Bailey? And he says, yes, I am. But Marco... I have to be honest, I'm troubled by some of the bad dreams you've been having. Your x-rays are okay, but because of these bad dreams you keep having, I'm going to want you to stay one more night in the hospital. And 
he says, oh, by the way, this came for you and, p- and pulls something out of his pocket. <laughs> and it's, an, so it's an envelope. Shit. And he says, um, um, here, this is for you, but um, your mom and sister are nearby. They're just in the cafeteria. And he's like, oh, thanks, Dr. Bailey, and leaves, uh, <laughs> leaves Marco. And the envelope, in the envelope is a letter in small, sloppy handwriting that says, Dear Marco, please hurry home. It's time for you to start taking care of me. I'm waiting for you in the basement. Keith. Now, I have to stop and say that if I received that letter, I would have to marry that human being. Yes. Like, that is so scary and so genius, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. So his mom and Gwynny come in, and Marco's like, oh, I just got this letter from Keith in the basement. This letter. And they're like, what? You got it? What do you mean? And he goes, here, let me show you. But he can't find it. It, it was right here. I just had it. I just had it. And they're like, St- Marco, stop yelling. Dr. Bailey comes in. And he says, Marco says, Dr. Bailey, tell them about the letter. Tell them about the letter. And Dr. Bailey says, what letter? I didn't give you a letter. That night, Marco sleeps in the hospital without dreaming. And when he wakes up the next morning, they leave the hospital. <sighs> oh. They go home. Marco's so happy that things are back to normal. Gwynny teases him. Gwynny's being a total bitch as always. But, you know, that's classic Gwynny. That's how Gwynny's always been. Mom makes pizza. Jeremy comes over and apologizes for hitting Marco in the head with a baseball bat. And Marco's like, it's fine. I literally don't remember. They watch an Indiana Jones movie, pop culture reference. They have a great afternoon. And Marco's like, you know what? Having all this fun and relaxing is making me a bit tired. I'm going to go take a naps. So he's like, all right, I'm going upstairs. And he's um, taking off his shoes, but he feel he feels like somebody is watching him. And he looks up and sees um, that someone's standing in the doorway. And it's Jeremy. No, it's Keith. And Marco shrieks. He says, no, no, Keith, you can't be real. You're just in my dreams. And Keith says, yes, I used your dreams to get to you, to let you know where I was, to let you know I was here in the basement. And he starts to corner Marco on his bed. Keith says, I've been waiting for you, Marco, because you're going to take care of me for the rest of your life. You're going to do whatever I say, Marco. And Marco freaks out and says, get out of here. You're scaring me. You're scaring. You're frightening me. And Keith says, get used to it. Get used to it, Marco. You have no choice. I'm here. I'm real. I live in your basement. You have to take care of me now. You have to take care of everything I need. And Marco screams, no. There's something so funny to me about this, and it's very slappy to me. It's like, no. Slappy's like, I want you to be my slave. And it's like, no, I can't be a slave. Yeah, and this forever. one's like, he's like, you have to take care of me forever. And Marco's no, like, no, please. I can't. I can't take care of you forever. I'm going to be so busy. It's going to be so much work. Now, this is when things start to get really weird. Yeah, I, I can't even... If you think it couldn't have been a television episode before, now it's going to be... It's it's this, worse this than is, Breaking Dawn Part 2. arguably the scariest part of the book so far. Yeah. So... Marco manages to slip away. He like sort of like rolls and falls on the floor and like scrambles away from Keith, who's, who has cornered him. And co- Keith pounces on him like a wild animal and is growling. Ooh, this and, is so fucked up. And is like, Marco, you have to take care of me forever. And Marco grabs a paperweight. A heavy stone owl that, that Gwynny had given to him on his last birthday. And he hits Keith over the head really hard. And Keith's 
Dark eyes bulge and Keith slumps to the floor. Marco killed Keith. He killed Keith. Now this the scary part's coming. Don't wait. I mean, don't uh, don't worry. Don't even wait. Don't don't even wait for it anymore. He shakes Keith, but he realizes that Keith is dead. His eyes are completely glassy, and then he looks at Keith's dead body. Keith's body changes, and Keith's nose, eyes, mouth, and mouth sink into his face, and then his head sinks into his neck. And then his arms and legs sink into his torso and his clothes fall away and the skin that you can still see turns milky and glimmering like a snail. And this little sort of blob flops wetly towards Marco, leaving a yellow slime trail. And this creature wraps its sour-smelling, spongy, wet body around Marco's waist. And Marco comments that the smell was so foul like poison gas. And Marco tries to like punch this, like I don't even know what you. What I don't you know call what this? the fuck is going on. Like a spongy blob, like worm, like larva type thing, but big. But it's like milky and sh- and glistening like a snail. And Ma- Marco tries to punch punch it away or pull it away, but his hands sink into the flesh. Like it, you can't. your hands just sink into it and the creature stretches over him warm and sticky and manages to like expand kind of like monster blood and pulse over Marco's face and over all of Marco's whole body sticky slime sliding up into Marco's nose so it's like the blob that ate everyone plus monster blood plus your worst nightmare of all time and it gets worse this um, Marco's like how do I get out of this so he feels like if he can just get moving he can maybe push his way through the blob so the so the blob the keith blob is like sucking on him and like pressing down on him and taking his body over but like marco tries to fight through it anyway and pushes himself pushing himself forcing his steps trying to see through the milkiness and he manages it to like with with great effort take Oof. some steps forward and he pushes himself forward and ends up making it to the stairs and falling down the stairs. And he's fine because the blob is cushioning him. And when they land, he manages to get his mouth out of the blob for a second and breathe for air. But then the blob shoves itself down his throat again. And, and he, like, this is so gross. He tries, his, his plan is to get to the kitchen and slam his body into the ki- corner of the kitchen counter. So, to like hurt the sponge creature. Keith into like to, to to bang it off of him. So to get to the kitchen, he, he Marco says he kicks him his body off the wall and bounces towards the kitchen and slams his body against the edge of the counter over and over and over. Slam, 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 slam as hard as he possibly possibly can. Slams as hard as he can, and the blob flops off of his face and chest. And for with a all of his kitchen corner slamming, he's now split the creature into two wet creatures that are ugh, bobbing. Bobbling. Bobbling helplessly on their backs like insects. I hate it. And Marco tries to scream, but his mouth is filled with the goo, and he gags and gags and then heaves. This is so gross. All the stuff that's going down his throat, he, like, gags and he tries to heave it out into the sink. And then he hears, through the the mess of the blob, he hears a voice coming from the living room. His mom. And he's like, it's mom. So he tries to walk towards it, but the... T- the two halves, like, attach, which he has managed to, like, throw up off of him, attach themselves to his legs. And, like, weigh and him down. And start sucking on his chest. And he falls to his knees and is screaming for his mom. And then he, the two form, the two form one thing again. And they spread around him, pressing him inside it. 
and it covers him up, but he, he he can barely see through the goo, and he sees his mom just standing there, staring at him, and he begs for her to help him, but he can't really make a sound, and she just stands there as he takes his last breath. Is this not terrifying it's, it's, and it's, so It's gross. fucking horrifying. It's crazy. It's way too wild. And as he's taking his last breath, his mom says, get up off the floor. And he look, Marco looks around, and the slime creature is totally gone, and there's nothing there at all. And she's like, stop rolling around like a baby. And Marco's like, what the f- What is happening? This is a dream. I'm having it's another gotta dream. It's got to be a dream. He's got to wake up. So he decides to wake himself up. He slams his head on a cabinet. Ouch. And, um, his, and the, mo- the mom is like... Did you, honey, what? Did you just hurt your head? He says, no, no, I'm fine. But he did hurt it. Now that he hurt his head on the cabinet, he's like, good, I'm awake. This wasn't a dream. Yeah, he's like, now I know this is real. I know this is really happening. This isn't another one of those bad dreams. He runs up to his bedroom, and Keith is there sitting on his bed. No. And Keith says, sit down, take a deep breath, relax. We're going to spend a long time together the The rest rest of of your life. life. And Marco's so tired that he decides, fine, I'm going to give in. And Keith says, all right, now, I am going to go down to the basement to write a list of things that you can do for me. For the rest of my life and your life. And he says, oh, wait, but but one more thing. Keith goes, before I go, Marco, there's just one more thing I want to show you. And then Keith opens his mouth wide and shiny pink stuff starts pouring out glistening wet insides yellow organs and a purple heart plops out between his teeth pulsing ew like a thick web of blue rose like rope like rope like veins and marco screams and screams and screams and this is this moment right here is the scariest moment of any goosebumps book for the rest of our lives marco starts screaming and then keith who is now inside out his inside mouth with his teeth on the outside screams back at marco can you think of anything scarier? Nope. Inside out. Inside out. Um, Marco screams and screams and screams. Keith's inside out body screams back at him. Marco open. All of a sudden, Marco opens his eyes and realizes that he's been asleep for a long time. His muscles are aching. He feels dizzy, and he has woken up in the basement. And his mom is there, and his mom says, Oh, Keith, honey. Keith, you're awake. And Keith, or Marco, is like, Oh, what? I'm safe. Everything's fine. I'm in the basement. Yes, that was all just a bad dream. I'm in the basement where I live with my mom. And he goes, Oh, Mom, I had such terrible dreams about Marco being hit with a baseball bat. And she says, oh, Keith, honey, but you were hit by the baseball bat, not Marco. And he says, oh, everything was turned around in the dream. I dreamed I went to Marco's room and told him I lived in the basement. And he fought me and he wrestled me and he pulled me down the stairs. I was so frightened. And his mom's like, Keith, I warned you. I warned you, Keith, never play with humans. And Keith says, I know, I know, I know the whole lecture, Mom. We're monsters, and we live in Marco and Gwynny's basement. And if they ever find out we're down here, they'll get frightened and chase us away. Mom says, I know it's tempting to go up there and play with them. I hope you learned your lesson. You had me so worried this time, Keith. And he says, I'm sorry, Mom. 
I'll be careful from here on out. She says, okay, you need your rest. Now turn inside out and get some sleep. And Marcus, or he says, okay. And he says goodnight to her and watches her disappear to the other side of the basement. And then I'm going to read you this exact dialogue. Okay. Then Keith says, Then I opened my mouth and began to turn inside out. It felt so good to let my insides pour out, so clean and refreshing. My heart and arteries slid from between my teeth. My stomach was halfway out my mouth when I heard a sound. And that's disgusting. And as he's, tur- as he's turning inside out, he looks up and sees Marco standing on the stairs watching him. And... In response, Keith quickly sucks up his insides, mm-hmm. and his heart and veins slide back into his body, and he swallows his lungs. And Marco just stands there in shock, squinting as if he didn't believe what he saw. And Marco says, who are you? And um, Keith says, um, you're dreaming. No, 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 you're dreaming. Go back upstairs. It was just a dream. And now I'm going to read the first paragraph and last paragraph <laughs> of this book. If you're still listening to this. If you're still with us. Don't do that. You'll poke your eye out. That's what my mom says, no matter what I'm doing. Go back upstairs, I told him. It's just a dream. Would he believe me? Disgusting. Terrifying. So crazy. Wildly inspiring. I'll never get over it. You're going to have nightmares after listening to this. I can't believe it's real. Is it worth trying to unpack what we just heard or read because like to make sense so the whole time Keith and his mom were inside out monsters living in the basement and everything that happened in the book was everything that happened in the book was Keith's bad dreams from getting hit in the head from playing with humans yes yes that's right yes that makes sense I don't know if it makes sense no so, so this is so when I when I read this book originally I remember being I felt duped because I was like this wasn't a book this was just made up stuff and I remember I remember the switch between Keith and Marco and it frustrated me what do you think now I think that Arl Stein has a lot of really smart good twists in the Goosebumps book series I think uh, some of the ones that come to mind are like um the girl who cried monster where it turns out they're monsters the whole time I'm even thinking of like vampire breath when they're like you know getting their vampire adult fangs and stuff like that and so to have this is the twist ending feels a little groan worthy to me and I get the feeling and you know I, there's nothing more I love than Goosebumps books but I get the feeling that Arl Stein is tired at this point and was just shoving out a book and had a title and didn't know what to do with the title and he just shoved this book out because he was already mentally in Goosebumps series 2000 mm. Mm, yes. That's what I think. I think you're probably right. I think um, I would probably be inspired by it for a, ver- for a very long time. Mm. I th- really enjoyed reading it. It's probably one of my favorites, but it doesn't feel like it- – it's interesting to me because it doesn't feel like a Goosebumps book to me. Okay. Well, or it's, maybe it's, a lot, it's so much nastier. It than feels Goosebumps. separate, and if – I bet if this were a book that was not a Goosebumps book – um, you might like it a little more. Yeah, I like that you like it, and I like the idea of I like how Keith is dressed, and like the idea I like the idea of I live in your basement. I like the idea of like leaving notes that say I live in your basement. You know what I mean? Like I love. You know, it is kind of. You know what it's like? It's like Channel Zero. It is kind of like Channel Zero. It's kind of Channel Zero, but I think it makes less sense than Channel Zero. Yes, that's. I think that's where that's where my grade comes in is because I wish there were some kind of re- twist that really, really got me that I'm like, ooh, where in the end it all wrapped up and made actual sense. 
You know, not like actual yeah. sense, but there was more of like a, a kinda, narrative that we can latch on to. I kind of liked the way it was because it was so wildly different from anything we've that's true. ever read. Yeah, that's and true. And it's very hard for me to get bothered by something. Yeah. Really hard for me to get like upset and bothered by it. And yeah. it really elicited a strong reaction within me. And I have to give it snaps for that. And I wish... You're changing my opinion. I wish... I wish the cover were different. Mm. I wish for, I wish maybe I'm getting caught up in something like that too. I wish the cover were, was like a creepy little boy sitting in the basement. (gasps) Oh, you know, what's funny. If it wasn't that stupid, if that was the cover, the the cover's not stupid, but the cover, if that were the cover of the book, I think I would really like it. I think so. I think if it were like a creepy boy with, with scary eyes, Mm. like sitting in the basement, I think it it could be a really phenomenal. That's a book I want to read. That is like, and I think it'd be. I think it could, if that were the case, it could have been a classic phenomenal cover. Wow, that's a really good point. I think you're totally right. Yeah. God, I love this book. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> wow, you guys. Ooh, yeah. Oh. So that was that's definitely the scariest and just the weirdest and the nastiest. I feel like a little uneasy. Yeah. I'm really excited by it. I really yeah, unsettled. am. I am excited that we are coming to a close of the sixty original 62 books. I have to be honest with myself and you guys. I am not looking forward to reading Monster Blood 4. <laughs> um, because Monster Blood 4 is, I know for a fact, I've only read it once. Yeah. and I think so too. And I know it's not a strong book. Mm. Um, but I am excited to um, finish the original series and to... Um, celebrate and take maybe a little bit of a look back and talk about what we've learned and yeah. how, we've, how we've grown and what what impressions have been left by those original 62. I'd also like to point out in response to some questions I've received. Yeah, we get a lot of questions. I think it's the question I think you're going to... Is are we continuing after the original 62? And the answer is absolutely we are. Of course we are. Of course. We have a lot left, like the Tales to Give You Goosebumps, Goosebumps Series 2000, of Which course. Which has some of my favorite books ever. Oh, man, there's a lot to Goosebumps go through. Goosebumps 2000 is a We will be continuing, of course. If you want to say hey, reach out to us. Um, send us an email to welcometodeadcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We are would love to chat with you. You can say hey on Instagram to me. I'm Daniel. You can say hey at Daniel X Montgomery or on Twitter at Daniel Montgomery. My Twitter is irobotujane, and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. What else do you want what else do you want so you guys i am gonna go um dion has to go you have to go home because there's a boy in his basement dion has to take care of for the rest of his life i have to take care of for the rest of my whole life yeah Yeah. there's a list of things he made for me yeah my head kind of hurts so i think i'm probably gonna go lay down yeah oh there was one thing i wanted to show you matthew (laughs) (laughs) god maybe this episode wasn't real maybe it was all a dream if If you you dare. dare